Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I'm so glad you're here joining us today. I have a very special guest, and I, I think you're going to really enjoy uh, our conversation because it's it's kind of different than we usually talk about, but it will really let you think about what's going on. And she, her book is Feed the Tiger, Free the Dragon. And I know that might kind of sound kind of strange because you don't have a whole lot of dragons and, and tigers in your life that you remember anyway. <laughs> so, um, but she, she's really talking about how, how to live your life with more love and freedom and respect. And I think that's really important when you're grieving because as, as you know, with my podcast being the grief and happiness podcast, uh, this being balanced, being able to know where you are in your life is is an important part of dealing with your grief. And you can be happy if you feel centered. And talking about things like this can help you with that. So this is Jillian Harper. And uh, welcome, Jillian. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks so much for having me, Emily. It's fantastic to be here. And uh, where are you coming from today? I am in the sunny beaches of Palm Beach, Florida. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful down here. And uh, but you will set, you will tell from my accent that um, even though I'm here in the south, it's further southern. I'm actually Australian. So um, if you hear the, if you don't hear the twang, try and put those together. That's yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. I hope you're okay in Florida with all that's been going on with the weather. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But we were very, very blessed. Uh, and a lot of people, not so much. There's still a lot of rebuilding going on over there at the moment. We're doing what we can to help. Yeah. Wow. That's um, kind of indicates the unpredictability of life. You might think you know exactly where you are. And then the next moment, it's all upended. And mm. I, I think that uh, that's the sort of thing that happens in grief, especially when you're dealing with sudden loss. So Talk to us about tigers and dragons and how uh, how we fit into those archetypes, would you call them? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, talking about sort of grief and not knowing what's going to come, that is sort of how I stumbled across this topic. So uh, I'd been in a relationship with my husband for 18 years uh, and we had a 10-month-old and a 2-year-old at home and then I, out of nowhere, sort of discovered that that he had been uh, having an affair with somebody else. Mm. So everything fell apart, you know. You think you know what's happening one day and then the next day uh, you have to process a whole new reality that you're going through. Um, we had been together for 18 years, we'd grown up together, and I really just didn't know. I had no idea. So um, I had to sort of go through that and had a process of really falling apart and sort of, of grieving for a life that um, that was different from the one that I thought I had lived. So that is where I stumbled on this, this concept of polarity in sort of a, a strange way. But after I found out what had happened, 
I got some really great advice from a strange place, from a divorce attorney, which you don't always get sort of great life advice from attorneys. Um, I'm a recovering attorney myself, so I'm allowed to say that. But I went through a couple of different attorneys and one gave me this great piece of advice and she said to me, look, uh, she's seen a lot of people go through her office, a lot of people in trauma, and what she has found that she's never spoken to particularly a woman with young children who didn't say that she was you know, that she was happy that she took her time. What she did hear was women women say that they wish they'd slowed down because in the trauma uh, of what they were trying to process of going on, they just wanted to move quickly and they sort of said at the other side of divorce, they were they would be commonly told that um, they just wish they'd taken their time. You know, it wasn't that easy, particularly with a couple of little children involved. So she said to me, if humanly possible, Make no life-changing decisions for a year. Let the trauma pass, like if I was safe and if I felt okay, um, but, you know, really just give myself time to process what was going on before I made any big decisions, particularly because those decisions would have involved probably an international move, you know, to go back to Australia, to be close to family. It was a lot. You know, these were big choices. Um, So that's what I did. And so during that year, though, I really gave myself just room, you know, to fall apart, to do what needed to happen, to process all this new information. And while I was doing that, something sort of strange happened. And I went through this whole exploratory journey. I fasted, I cried, I went to therapy, I had psychiatrists, I took mushrooms. I mean, you name it, I did it. Um, I did things to make me feel better. And I was looking for answers. And then Really strangely, about six months into the process when I was finally sleeping again and could sort of laugh again and sort of really start to feel like myself as I was working through this with Peter, um, I also felt another sensation, which was desire, which was really confusing, right? Because I was trying to understand, like, why all of a sudden was I finding myself, like, wildly, feverishly attracted to my husband again um, after everything? And I knew that the trauma was a part of that but I also knew it was sort of deeper and energetic as well. And so we sort of went on this quest to find these answers. And what we came across was this concept of polarity. And polarity basically says that when when you have different energies, so the, the different sexual energy, the greater the difference between two people, the different space between their energies, the greater the attraction. Um, and then the more similar your energy is, the more repulsed or lack of attraction that you have. And what had sort of happened through this process is that I had been pushed very deep into this tiger energy, which is also known as this yin feminine energy, which is our feeling energy. It's that wild ethereal energy um, that's all about relationships and connection and emotion. And through this trauma, Peter had been pushed deep into his masculine energy, his dragon energy, which is kind of the the all-doing energy um, that thrives on sort of challenge and competition. And his challenge now was to keep me and hold the family together. So we were like poles apart. Um, And I found this fascinating. And so I really went out there looking to learn more about this, to discover like how could we learn more about our energy and how can we ensure that post-trauma that we can still find a way to keep sort of this great place we were in in our relationship. So, yeah, so then that is how Feed the Tiger, Free the Dragon merged, which became sort of a case study of uh, how to apply these techniques to heal, to learn more about ourselves, to also grieve, feel everything, and then also find our way back to love through it as well. 
Wow, that that is so fascinating. I I know that uh, a lot of people think that grief is only uh, related to the death of someone, but it, it relates to all kinds of loss. And this is such an important thing for us to talk about. I I know when when I was um, reading the book, I was thinking, oh, I'm a tiger. And then I'd read a little more and think, (laughs) well, uh, maybe I'm a dragon. And (laughs) I'd read more and go, well, maybe I'm a little bit of both. I I think I finally settled on tiger, but I'm, I'm not sure. Is that a common sort of thing to go through? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's fluid. Right. I mean, this is energy. It's moving all the time. It's constantly in a state of flux. And depending on your environment, what you're going through, how you're feeling, what you're doing, um, it can change all the time. So, but what we tend to find, and according to Taoism, which is where a lot of the origins of this kind of masculine, feminine, yin yang energy started, um, the ratio is 70 30. So it's that idea of, you know, the, um, the symbol that we see, you know, that you associate with yoga where it's we all contain a little bit of both but we tend to have 70% of one for most of the time and 30% of the other because otherwise you end up in sort of spaces like toxic masculinity or you know wild untethered craziness um if you you know too much feminine or too much masculine um so we have a little bit of both but there is no doubt also that just as a society we really really worship and encourage this dragon energy, this masculine energy, which is the doing, achieving, you know, making money, earning, consuming tasks, jobs, you know, all that sort of doing energy is one that we really celebrate in society. So we get sort of trained from a young age to do more all the time and we get rewarded for that and we sort of get encouraged to feel less, you know, just as a society as a whole, you know, just do now, feel later, do it in private, try not to do too much of it. You know, is a which is also why, you know, I think we get confused um, as to maybe what our what our dominant energy is, and and that sort of comes into play as you said. You go through the book. The first part is really trying to get an understanding of yourself in your in your happy place, in your balanced place. What are you? Because once you have a sense of yourself, you can then see how you're interacting with the world, and maybe what you need from your partner and in your relationship to make sure that you guys are, are polarized and not not too similar, which will cause sort of conflict and all sorts of issues in a relationship. Because it's the similarities that create the friendship, but it's the differences that create sort of the passion, which is the exciting part, I think. Yeah, wow. What an interesting way to put it. Yeah, I, I can see how at different times in my life, I was one or the other. Like a lot of the time I felt as as a dragon, because I was all all focused on accomplishing, you know, being being the most, doing the best, to all, real to, to almost to the exclusion of the other side. And mm. then once uh, once I had two husbands die, I found myself more of the dragon. I think because I I was I was longing for connectivity. I was longing for somebody like I I was recently at a. a retreat for people who are grieving. And I met somebody there who I'd known online for a long time, and we'd done a lot of things together online. So we were really excited to to meet each other in person. And he gave me this big hug. And I thought, oh, my gosh, oh, I haven't had that that uh, 
closeness, especially with the pandemic, with anybody, because nobody's been hugging anybody. (laughs) And and it just made me think, okay, what are these feelings that are coming up? Does this, I don't, I'm sure it didn't have anything to do with our relationship because we're, we're just good friends, but it was, it reminded me that there's more to me than uh, I think I'd been kind of cut off like a lot of us have been in during the pandemic with um, the lack of being able to be in close contact with people does that make sense yeah yeah absolutely and that tiger within us you know that is the part of us that is desperate to be to be seen and to be loved and to connect with others the pandemic was certainly a time where you know we were also We either spend a lot of time alone or we spend a lot of time with our partners at home, you know, and what we found is that our partners started to become our everything. You know, they started to become our workout buddy, our, you know, our Netflix watching expert. They became, you know, our best friend, our lover, our our everything, and we almost expected too much of each other during that time so that when we get out, back into the world again, we can start to create some more distance because, you know, that that will become magnets after a while where we rub up against each other and we just kind of lose lose all the excitement if we're spending that long in close proximity all the time. So it's not surprising that, yeah, you're out there craving, craving that connection. I'm, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I think it's something that um, people haven't realized with, with dealing with uh, the isolation that's been going on. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it was a really hard time. So when you find yourself in the position that that you're too close to someone, or I'm not sure too close is a way to describe it, because especially with uh, my last husband who died, I we really became close in a way I hadn't been with anybody else before because we spent all this time together because I was helping with this care. And it seemed like the more alike we became, the more comfortable our relationship was to me, where when we had gotten together, we were really opposites. And I think that was part of what attracted us to each other. But over the years, we've kind of merged, so to speak. Mm. Is that a common thing or? I think it is. And I think it all comes down to also acknowledging and being honest about what you need from the relationship at any given time, right? Like there's a time and place in a relationship where being best friends and companions is really the most important thing. And it may be at a time where you're caring and looking after somebody. You know, it, it is appropriate that you have way more in common and far less friction. You know, that that serves itself. And I think part of it, though, is just making sure you're having those conversations as well. Like what is the role of this relationship? Is that enough for everybody? Because um, in some relationships, you know, that might not be enough. You know, someone might say, hey, I need more. I need more than this. I want more passion or I want a different type of relationship. But I think, you know, everything goes through a life cycle. And the most important thing is just being energetically aware, right? Like where is my energy being derived from? Where do I get my strength? What's important? Where is my partner different? And ensuring that you have the space to do that. And it may be that as you were going through those stages of caring for each other, that you just became very in tune as well. Because you're still going to have like the best friend commonality. But you also, when you understand sort of how your partner's different and what they need and give space for that, 
you know, it's a beautiful thing. And you just find because you are both fluid and working together that you can find a way of flowing through life in a way that really is easy. You know, like when my husband and I were younger, when we very first met, um, he was actually the tiger. He was, God, he was beautiful. Um, We we were like 20 years old. He was this, uh, you know, this everything you can imagine, this Australian surfer guy. We were both in law school together, but he was sort of not that interested in his grades. He was more interested about the next party and what was going on. And he would walk into a room and just light it up. You know, it was just, he was one of those people. Everyone wanted to be around Peter. Um, I was the opposite. You know, I was the dragon. I was, I'm going to get honours. I'm going to get recruited into the top law firm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I was going to conquer the world. And I didn't care what bodies I left in my wake. You know, it was sort of, I was that energy. And he thought that was so sexy and sassy. And, you know, he, I actually was able to sort of help him find his way through those years, right? Because he used me to sort of um, help sort of give him some direction and guidance and find his purpose. But as we evolved through life, I sort of stayed like that. And then he then moved into a different phase where he really found his life purpose, found his career, started to build, started to get really serious. Um, And so he moved into that energy as well. But we weren't in tune enough for me to see that, acknowledge that, soften in places and for us to find room for each other. All that happened is we both ended up being two fire-breathing dragons doing we were abrasive you know there was nothing beautiful about it it was just conflict all the time you know like posturing for control and you know the I think part of it we just weren't paying attention and we were both stubborn not willing to adjust and it wasn't until after my kids were born when I sort of changed again where I softened back into my feeling that we could see what had happened to us you know but it's hard when you're in it but um yeah it's uh it's definitely something that is fluid and it changes. And I know we will change again, I'm sure. Um, but this time, hopefully I'm paying attention. There doesn't have to be so much trauma around it as I've learned this lesson, really. <laughs> it's so interesting. I, I was thinking as you were talking about how he found his purpose, that that's, that's a challenge that a lot of people experience in grief because they, they go like, okay, where am I now or who am I now? We always played certain roles and certain positions and all that has changed. And I've I've heard lots of the people that I've worked with are, are telling me they just they don't know what their purpose is in life anymore. Mm. So if you're like suddenly I'm I'm not sure how to to ask or answer this, but mm. if you're 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 dealing with loss and you're really on your own. I, I kind of feel like I, I vacillated back and forth between the way you describe tiger and dragon mm. for a while until I really discovered what I believe my my purpose to be. Does that sound like a, a logical thing? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I actually talk about in the book and I think is important is particularly if you do sort of associate yourself with the dragon energy and you are looking for that grounding One of the things that when you sort of lost a purpose, you know, or you've evolved past a purpose, whether it is your role in in the grief process and and that's gone away, and a lot of times people will, you know, even even things unrelated, you know, they might have the purpose of running a marathon, then it's gone, right, and it's over, you ran it, right, what next? You know, they find they're in this sort of void of of what to do and, and it can 
feel lost and, and hopeless and everything sort of spirals, right? You, you have no idea what to do next, how to get up. So part of it for me, particularly for younger people as well, is to start with a purpose. You know, find something that grounds you, no matter sort of how small it is, and try to start in that place and go, okay, you know, it, it could be something small. Again, like learning learning a game or um, what it, whatever it may be, something, joining an organisation or I'm going to take up a new hobby and I'm going to master my young, my young, you know, whatever that may be. Um, try to find that and, and start there and just work towards it. Start to align your life behind it. Start to make decisions that support that purpose. And all those things together start to ground you. And they start to ground you back into your energy, keep the momentum going. Now, you might outgrow that purpose really quickly, but replace it with another one. You know, don't worry about finding like the perfect thing to replace this big void, you know, that's now what that it's now sitting vacant it's like stop trying to find like this perfect answer and just start with an answer get that momentum happening get that grounding moving does that make sense it makes all kinds of sense uh, mm-hmm. i i really like that answer because i i often when when i'm talking to somebody like that they'll go i just i just don't know what to do and i said we'll just do something right you exactly. know whatever it is that doesn't mean you have to do only that for the rest of your life just just do something find something that you can focus on and then expand out from there whatever direction it ends up taking you i, yeah. I know that that happened with me because i i was thinking once I, I started teaching other people how to do writing things through their grief, I thought, okay, this this is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to do. But as it evolved, it turned into me writing my book. And then I thought, well, this is my purpose, and I can do that and teach people to write too. And it, it kept it kept expanding step by step until I'm I'm doing lots of things right now that are all kind of related to the same basic core, but they they. I expanded as I went along with it. And the more I allowed myself to do that, the freer I felt, the better I felt. And I I feel much more grounded and uh, solid in in my purpose, whichever direction that purpose Mm. takes me, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny that you used the word freedom there too, because that is the driving motivator for that dragon energy. They really do crave freedom. You know, it's this idea of, freedom to do something, freedom from a feeling, maybe it's freedom, you know, to get away from some sort of control, freedom to have enough money, you know, I'll be free when is like a common theme that is constantly popping up from sort of that dragon energy, which is like the complete polar opposite to the tiger, which is I'll be free when I'm loved enough, I'm seen enough, you know, when I'm acknowledged enough. So they're sort of like the two things that will pop up on both sides all the time. Which is, yeah, it's interesting that that was, that was straight where you went. So, yeah, totally makes sense. Like trying to attach a purpose, you feel sort of free of this, of this feeling of purposelessness that, that you roll around in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it is that for me anyway was finding a, a stepping off place where to start because mm-hmm. that, that was the thing initially for me in grief was I felt really lost just kind of out there like, okay, what do I do now? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I had had things pretty much set with how my life was going on and always being with someone. I had uh, I had not been really by myself to live someplace by myself my entire life. 
and until after Ron died. And that was kind of terrifying to mm. not have somebody else in, in the room with me or in the home with me or someone that I could call on at, at any time. It, it was a real challenge. It was something that I, I had to deal with. But I found the more that I I thought about it, wrote about it, uh, journaled about it, whatever it was that I did, the the more things started coming together for me. Where when I didn't think about it, I was just floating. So I just I think it's important to figure out something to focus on, even if it's just for a while. Mm, absolutely. So what would you recommend for someone who is brand new to this? A lot of times people don't anticipate they're they're going to be alone under any circumstances and they find themselves kind of lost when that happens. What what would you suggest for them? Yeah, I mean, from this standpoint, it's also taking that time to obviously as you're going through this grief process to understand when that moves on where are you sort of where are you finding driving your pleasure from again because you turn so much of that off right as you're as you're going through and you put that to the back and and perhaps even if your pain is too much you try not to feel anything because that's what we tend to do particularly the tiger energy um if if the feeling is all too much then you feel try and feel nothing at all and so you will sort of tend to want to move into that dragon as well because that's sort of an easier place to do is rather than feel. And sometimes like sitting alone with those emotions can be really, really hard and feeling all the feels are going to happen. So, you know, part of it is trying to think back and trying to find what, what really is activating you. Like, where are you feeling energized? What are the things that do bring you joy? Is it the doing, you know, um, and some of the simple ways of, of trying to get back in touch with yourself and your own energy and, and, how you're going to rebuild because you're rebuilding on your own now as opposed to attached to another person, which was what we should all do anyway, right? We, you know, we really should be, you know, trying to think about what makes us happy, whether we, we're alone or with someone else. So, you know, going through that activity, like there's some even small things that, that you can start to think about is, you know, what do you enjoy watching on television? You know, is it, is it really strange example but, you know, people that are dominated by that, that dragon energy, the doing energy, will tend to want to watch a lot of sport because sport is the ultimate freedom, it's the ultimate purpose. You know, they'll want to watch things, war movies, they'll want to watch um, completely different things from someone who is dominated by this tiger energy, which is the more emotive feeling energy. We like to watch shows that are about relationships and romance. And that seems so silly and I don't want to oversimplify it, but sometimes they're like just simple places to start, you know, which is go, oh, wow, where am I interested? Where do I want to spend most of my time? And then work back from there to sort of go, okay, um, how do I feed that energy? How do I build on that? And if you do find that you're in that, you know, relationship-focused tiger energy that perhaps you've turned off while you're going through grief or you needed to be really strong for somebody else and you didn't want to lend that in, then getting back in touch with that again, you know, going through you know, what does bring you joy, activating the senses, which is normally something that the tiger energy gets a lot from. You know, we we really do grow strong on any sort of connection. It's not just connection with other people. 
It's connection with nature, connection with smell, sound, sight. You know, there's a reason that the perfume and candle industry is $9 billion in America. It's because we love that, you know, and dragons don't get it at all. They're like, why are there candles in your house? Like this makes most sense at all. Um, we're just so different, you know, in what, what brings us pleasure. You know, a simple bunch of cut flowers, a whiff of a good cup of coffee. They can all just be very simple things that can fill us with joy and also help us get back in touch with where we are energised and how to do more of that. You know, conversely, it may be that you are thinking about this and going, no, I'm definitely the, the dragon energy. Great, get back in touch with that. You know, focus on things like competition, challenge, um, how to stretch yourself, goals, um, what brings you a sense of self-respect because it's the respect that makes the dragon energy feel stronger. So I know that's, you know, a, a very different thing to I'm sure what your audience is normally thinking about and talking about, but sometimes that's good sometimes. So, you know, just start to get back in touch. And then as you go back out into the world and you start connecting again, you'll have a really clear sense of you know, what direction perhaps that you would like to go in. Wow. That gives, gives us all a lot to think about. Yeah, I I can see see a lot of me in in what you were describing and where I fit in, and I I think I think it's important to not feel like you've got to live a certain prescription that you you go by whatever it is that you're experiencing and what you need to do for you. For instance, after, right after Ron died, and I, I just wasn't capable of really doing anything, I discovered Hallmark movies. And if you would have told me before that that I'd be watching Hallmark movies, I would have said, that's not my thing. <laughs> but I, I found that they all had the same plot, basically, that I knew how they ended or would end. So it was okay if I fell asleep when the movie was on because I knew it was all going to turn out fine in the end. But it was just something to kind of be... Uh, comforting to me and that that seems kind of tigerish to me mm. so if what, whatever it is that you, you end up doing just be easy on yourself don't judge yourself mm-hmm. How, however it works out for you is is okay you, you don't have to follow along with something that somebody else did just know that it's important to pay attention to you and and take care of yourself in the process. That's that's the thing I see more than anything else is people forget about self-care when they're grieving. So it's it's important really to pay attention to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly it. Just being kind to yourself. You know, give yourself time to think about these things. And and yeah, there's there is no rush. I found when I was going through sort of grieving for for a life that I I thought I'd I'd lived you know that was the biggest challenge for me Um, and I couldn't make any decisions during that time like I just couldn't my brain just didn't work like that I couldn't process anything I couldn't even watch Hallmark movies because um you know they'd get me too upset (laughs) music you know I couldn't listen to a love song I'm like ah love's not real you know um, there's all this stuff that you sort of go through uh, and you're not really sure how you're going to react or how your body's going to respond. I mean, my big thing is that I had a lifetime, you know, of memories that I thought I had lived that, you know, we all live with the reality that the future is um, uncertain. You know, we know that. We know we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like we know we know that. Um, but we do kind of think that our memories are real and that um, our past is pretty locked down. And then when all of a sudden you have this sort of moment where you realise perhaps that wasn't the case, your brain struggles to keep up. So my brain was trying to process, you know, 
every single memory I've ever had and questioned it. Um, and that just took a lot. It took a lot of space and a lot of time and for me to then accept my new reality and who I was going to be now and what I want to be. And I, and I can't go back and I don't want to go back. And I think that's the big thing is that you change through these traumatic events to evolve into a new person, a new iteration of yourself. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing. Like I actually would never take any of it away, you know, because that's where I've had my biggest moments of growth and depth of understanding and patience with myself and allowed myself to feel things, which for so many years you don't when you're so busy doing, you know, not being. So, Oh, that's so important. Well, I've really enjoyed our conversation and I highly recommend to our listeners to read Feed the Tiger, Free the Dragon and see where you fit into that and how that can help you with what's going on. I I found that, that reading a variety of things has really helped me because I think, well, I've never thought about that before or I haven't thought about something in, in that way and it can be very supportive. So in, in our show notes, um, on where you got your podcast here to listen to, you'll see a link to Jillian's book so that you'll be able to get that for yourself and read it. And I really appreciate you being here today. You've really given us a lot of different things to, to think about than we may have ever thought about before. So thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. And I'll see my listeners again next week with another interesting topic to think about and listen about to help you find some happiness while you're grieving. So thanks for listening. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.